Hi friends, welcome to the Trauma Tapes. I'm Dr. MC McDonald, a PhD trauma researcher and life coach. It is my goal in life to reframe the way that we understand trauma. And I think if we want to understand trauma, we need more stories, more examples, an archive of trauma stories. But not just an archive where someone lays their story down for posterity and walks away, an archive that gives them something back, some attunement, some empathy, a reframe, integration, maybe some little piece of knowledge or understanding so that they walk away feeling like the thing that makes the least sense in their lives makes just a little more sense. This podcast is that archive. I'm here with my sister, Elizabeth Meadows. Each week, we read your letters and give you information and advice about how to understand and demystify your experiences and symptoms so that you can heal without shame. So pull up a chair, grab a coffee, and join us. Okay, welcome. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I like how I have to do that, like as if we weren't talking for 20 minutes. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We're just pretending. Can't just launch into it. Um, How was your Thanksgiving? Um, It was pretty good. It was was short. I I had to work the day after Thanksgiving, which is fine. I'm used to that. So um, we just made it like a quick little trip and it was... um, it was short. I actually got a little bit of a stomach bug, which oh, like, I don't like to talk about these things publicly, but <laughs> we won't go into so detail. We had to kind of, <laughs> yeah, we had to kind of call it, um, call it before the actual dinner. So it, it, it was okay. It was fine. What about you? I feel a lot of existential angst when I'm sick. Like, I don't know if this is just like an anxiety yeah. thing or that's just a normal thing, but when I'm sick on the holidays, like it's like next level, yeah. I would like a tranquilizer gun, you yeah. know? <laughs> I feel a lot of guilt. I feel like I said to a couple of people, like I ruined Thanksgiving, which is so like, you know, self-absorbed and stupid, but like, but it's not self-absorbed. It comes from like this expectations about the holidays, which are such bullshit. I know. I know. Speaking of a lot of pressure. Yeah. So much. And like, I've had a hundred conversations in the last two weeks about like what to do about the residual shame remnants from like spending the weekend or those four days with your family, extended family, people who are like passive aggressively shaming you for your life choices and your outfit and your hair. Yeah. Do you think that's gotten worse? That's a good question. Um, I I'm stuck on this thing that like we learned during the pandemic that we don't want to do this. And then instead of like taking the lesson and, and kind of making holidays, what we want them to be, we went back. So I think it's like more horrifying. Yeah. Because it's a return after this break when we all saw that it didn't have to be that way. Like, right. Right. It's more jarring, but I also think people's behavior is worse. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. That because yeah. some people like have been yeah. pent up for too long and it's like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of notice it like when I'm just out in the world, even like driving around or like yeah. in stores or in like, there was a situation at, at, at an exercise place that I go to a couple days ago. And it was just like, it, I don't know. People feel like they're like coming in hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And it's a little like, whoa, like what, what, I don't. Maybe maybe it was always like this, and we're just less tolerant of it, or maybe there were. It's hard to know. It's yeah, it's hard to know. I think I think the miserable people. Hi, you know who you are. <laughs> do they? Are, oh, they do. They do. Yep. 
Um, I think they're more raw. Yeah. I don't think they have the control anymore to keep the misery under the surface. So it gets expelled. <laughs> yeah. Because they haven't been able to engage. So they're like, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like yeah. a caged animal in a way. Totally simmering yeah. misery and rage. Yeah. yeah. Keep it to yourself, friends. We don't need this. <laughs> what What do we tolerate from family? Like what, what? What's the line? The the sentence that I that I found myself wanting to say the most is like you don't actually have to. Right. Like I think we think we accept a whole bunch of terrible behavior because we think we have to. Right. And you and you don't. Like and there are so many ways out. You know, you can make an excuse last second, you can be honest, you can draw a boundary and say, "You know what? I'm doing holidays on my own. I've realized this makes me sick." Yeah. Right? Like I don't want to travel. I, you know, it's, it's too much stress. I need a break. Like there are a thousand things you can say and do to not put yourself in those, you know, in those situations, but we feel like we have to. Right. Out of some obligation. When I do say that to people, they say, no, I can't, I have to. And I think what they mean is the repercussions if I opt out are worse than, or I think they're worse than what I'll have to endure if I go. Right. It's heartbreaking because I had a bunch of clients and people and friends who, whose, whose plans were making them sick. Like yeah. if something is making you sick to think about doing it and you're going to need two or three weeks to, to recover afterwards, like maybe don't do that. But again, that's right. easy for me to say, you know? Yeah. Cause everyone's system is a little bit different and it's right. What they feel obligated to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It's a lot. It's heavy. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's interesting. Like there's an obligation now I'm thinking of like, we, we kind of march to the drum of obligation and it like compounds and increases the weight of any shame that we have already. Right. Right. So like, think about freeing yourself of that, you know? Right. Well, it just like lights a fire under anything yeah. you might be feeling, you know? Totally. Totally. You feel like an ounce of like, mm, I'm not sure. So sure. I'm happy with my body. And then you go home for Thanksgiving and it's like explodes 3000%. Right. right. An ounce of like, I'm not sure what I'm doing with my career right now. It explodes 3000%. This is the, the trauma tapes permission slip for you to cancel any and all holiday plans that you don't want to partake in. Yeah. Take care of yourself. We'll call them. Exactly. <laughs> we'll cancel for you. Just send us an email. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to jump into the letter? I am. Okay. Here's our letter. Okay. L long story short, I cheated. 14 years ago, I had an affair with a male co coworker of mine. It was short-lived and no one ever found out. That happened during a very tumultuous time in my life. Not that this is an excuse, but I had just found out that my best friend since childhood had terminal cancer. I didn't connect the two things at the time, but looking back, I can see that I needed a distraction. While I am incredibly grateful that I was never discovered as this would have been an incredibly stupid reason to end my marriage with my loving husband, I can't seem to let go of the shame. If you had asked me 15 years ago, if I was the kind of person that could ever have an affair... I would have said without hesitation, absolutely not. But then faced with one single upsetting event, and here I was, betraying myself, my husband, my best friend, and my faith. Even though it was a long time ago, I think about it daily. I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm still stunned at what I've done. Sometimes when sitting at the dinner table with my husband and daughter, I am overcome by waves of nausea, and I have to excuse myself. Mm -hmm. I have thought 1,000 times about coming clean, 
that maybe this would be the thing that released me, but I can't bring myself to do it. My husband is understanding, and that did happen a long time ago, but he is also going through a hard time. He was also going through a hard time at that time. And I'm sure if he knew what I, what I had done, he would not be able to forgive me. I know it probably sounds selfish, but is there any way you can help me release the shame? Okay. 14 years ago. 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it every day. Yeah. Making herself sick. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about identity and I want to talk about repentance and living amends. Oh, okay. What what strikes you? Like just reading that. I think you have to let it go. That's what strikes me. You have to get to a point where you make a choice to forgive yourself and move forward. I don't think there's anyone or anything that can do that for you. I think mm-hmm. you have to do that yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, it, it's heartbreaking that it that it's haunting you the way that it is. Yeah. And that you are missing out on your yeah. life because you're yep. immersed in this shame. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Like that, I want to like bracket that because it's taking okay. you out of the moment and that's yeah. relevant. It, it might be surprising to the to the letter writer that our first response is um, compassion and sympathy, you know, but I, like you said, I'm heartbroken for her. Like this is eating her up. You know, she made a mistake. It's a big one, but it's a mistake. And it was 14 years ago and she's recognized what was behind it, Mm -hmm. why it happened. So it's time to move on. Yeah. It's also like this, because you're not present in the moment and because you're not mm -hmm. living your life because you're Mm -hmm. consumed by this, you're, this is going to sound like it's piling on, but you're, you're taking away from your family now yeah. again. Right. Right. Is it worse that you're taking away from yourself? Cause they may never know. Right. And they might not notice, but you're taking those moments away from yourself and you'll never get them back. And you know that you've missed these moments, you know? And I think like, listen, you can't be present a hundred percent of the time. So, you know, if you get it from the table and you have to excuse yourself and you're not in the moment, then that's, that's, I don't think you're necessarily doing harm to your family, but you're doing harm to yourself. I think, you know, with the identity thing, this is actually kind of like the root of the problem. When we have a culture of shame, we can only be one of two things, good or bad. Yeah. And so when we do something that betrays our own values, whether we're caught or not, we we get we have to throw ourselves into the bad bucket because there's only two things you can be. And I think that that's heartbreaking and yeah. awful and unnecessary, yeah. right? Yeah. Like people make mistakes and they expand from those mistakes. They learn from those mistakes. They deepen their compassion for others, their love for their family, their devotion. These can be moments of reconciliation, kind of a, a recommitment to your life. Yep. But only if you're willing to kind of peel away the shame. It can be a wake up call. It can be a it can be right. a little bit of a blessing if you reframe right. it. And I think like this is the other really tricky thing because again, we live in such a black and white culture. We we assume like I know we, we were, I, I think I'm probably gonna say something about this every single episode this season, but like we think we then have to get rid of shame and it has no no purpose whatsoever. And I think that's wrong. Shame has a purpose, right? You were doing something that threatened the integrity of your life and your family and your marriage. Um, it was a mistake. 
Mm-hmm. Like we can say that that was wrong and that there, there, there maybe is a time for you to feel a little bit of shame so that you really imprint that lesson. And the next time you have a coworker who's interesting to you or a crush or something, you don't go there because of that shame, but it is not okay to live there. You don't need to move into, you don't need to build an altar to that shame and keep that candle lit for the rest of your life. You learned right. the lesson. Right. And it's interesting. I think you can hear, I can't remember exactly what she said, but like, she dismissed the reason like her best friend is dying and she like kind of dismissed that. So like, how about like for just a minute, don't dismiss that. Just take that as not an excuse. Oh, that's what she said, right? This is not an excuse. That's not like an excuse, but it is a very helpful kind of piece of data that explains why you did something that was out of alignment with yourself. Right. There was a reason. It does make sense. Right. Like that. I think that happens a lot in these stories. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, go ahead. You know, that it's the ones that I have known personally or or heard about, like there is is something that happens or, Mm -hmm. you know, a situation becomes untenable and then it happens. So, you know, and that's a great point because a lot of times that issue of why it happened becomes completely clouded by the behavior that happened as a result. Totally. And you need, if you're going to move on, you need to understand, right? Why did it? And that's true. Anytime you make a mistake, right? If you find yourself doing, or even if we want to take the language of mistake out of it, if you find yourself doing something that, that goes against your current values, that is out of alignment with yourself, it's, you need to know why. Right. That's huge. It is huge. And that doesn't mean it's an excuse. You're not saying, okay, well, I had this reason and therefore this is totally an okay behavior. No, it's still a mistake. You can still feel bad about it, but that's the, that's why it happened. And the the reason that's so important is because that, that will hopefully prevent you from, from having that happen again. Cheryl Strayed wrote an, a, an incredible article about the first time she cheated on her first husband, which was, yeah. I think like right after you read that, it's stunning. I, I heard her talk about it when she like fell to the floor, when she told him that, that she did it. I mean, but her she, whole description of that experience yeah. is... Yeah, totally. Um, so she was married, her, her mother died, um, and she was absolutely bereft yeah. <clears throat> and found herself, um, cheating on her husband and yeah. couldn't understand her behavior. Um, yeah. and you know, with like strangers and people, she wasn't really interested in it. Like if she, what she was doing didn't make sense to herself. Mm-hmm. And there's two pieces there, right? There's the cheating, which we all get so obsessed about. And then right. there's the, why is she behaving so out of alignment with who she knows herself to be? Right. So like, can we use the identity thing as instead of now, this means you're stamped as bad for the rest of your life as like an indication that something is up, right? That's worthy of turning to and looking at and being like, okay, with a non-judgmental view, what's happening here? What are the right. pieces at play? Why was I in pain? What What was the, right? Because I mean, it's easy to, you know, in a situation of tr- of cheating to like say, I can't believe I did this to the other person. And mm-hmm. yeah, yes, that's part of it. But you also, something happened that made you, you, you said it much better than I am, betray your own values and yeah. beliefs and- I think when life feels senseless and relentless, we sometimes do senseless things. That actually makes sense. Yeah. We're trying to get the world to fit, to write itself, you know? Right. Right. Um, And we don't want to continue doing senseless things, but maybe this idea that her, I get the idea that she was young just because it was 14 years ago, but I have no idea how old this person is. But like when your best friend, when someone your age 
is suddenly terminally ill. Yeah. That's senseless. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. You have to come to grips with the loss of that person, the history that you had, your own mortality deal. You know, if you've never thought about like the afterlife or what your faith believes, you know, that's, it's, that's a lot to take on. And I think, again, this is not forgiving, like just, or stamping, you know, bad behavior, like that it's okay, but it makes sense to me that you would seek pleasure and distraction. Right. When life feels senseless, I think we do senseless things. I think the way out here is to realize that, and then also to do some sort of like ritual so that you can forgive yourself. And I don't think telling your husband is a good idea. I don't, I I, I never have thought that. Like, I I don't know why I've always been in, in the camp of like, why are you going to hurt the other person? Mm-hmm. Especially because it was 14 years ago. This was a one-time thing. It's not this ongoing affair. Nothing happened health-wise, right? There's there's really right. no reason to to involve him in this, except to like assuage your guilt. And I think I think that's the motivation behind confessing a lot of the time. Like, and there are moments when you you should and have to, and it's the right thing. Right. Um, but I don't think this this is one of them. I think sometimes we get stuck on that because we think frantically, this will be the thing that sets me free. And the truth is you're going to hurt the other person and it probably won't set you free. Right. Because um, you're still not for, you're still not looking inward right. at why it might have happened and how you can learn from it and right. how you can put it to rest. Right. Exactly. You're making um, it external instead of internal. Totally. And And giving it to someone else to say, if you forgive me, then I can forgive myself. Right. Right. The, um, just the essay, I just looked up the essay by Cheryl Strait. It's called the love of my life. Um, it was published in the sun magazine. Check it out. It's stunning. Let's talk about repentance. There are some beautiful models for repentance and forgiveness in different spiritual places. And then also in, um, AA Mm -hmm. that I just want to reference in case uh, the letter writer hasn't thought about these, because I think when we go internal with this stuff, we just tear ourselves apart. And I think we can, if you build a model for forgiveness and you have some steps to take and you take those, you can maybe set yourself free. Okay. There's um, in the Jewish faith, there is, um, I'm going to mispronounce this, teshuva, which is repentance. And it has four steps to it. Um, and there's different ways you can look at this. If you if you Google this, sometimes it says four steps, sometimes it says six steps, but um, there's a way to repent. Um, and it has to do with your feeling and your relationship with God or your higher power. You don't have to believe in God. You can just do these, um, do these steps. The first is um, leaving the sin. So you recognize the thing you've done and you stop. Check. Letter writer has done this. Regret is two. You should be genuinely ashamed over your sins. Check, 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 check. She's got this. No problem. Mm-hmm. Three, confession before God, your higher power. I think she said faith at some point. So she's got yes. maybe something going on. Um, yeah. Where you say out loud to your higher power, this is what I have done. I deeply regret my actions. I declare these actions before God. And I know that I will never do this again. And then the fourth step is acceptance for the future, which is here you take this in, you recognize you will have an opportunity to sin in this way again, and you make a commitment to yourself that you will not take that opportunity when it comes up. 
and there's this whole i'm not i'm not going to remember like the whole the the whole framing on it i think this comes from maimonides who's a jewish theologian and philosopher there's like little things for like okay if this isn't working then go back to the beginning and start again if it isn't working and and you do it three times and if you still and then you have to let it go you the the torah says according to maimonides i don't know the torah super well <laughs> like seeing as my name is mary catherine um <laughs> that you you've done your due diligence and like you, now your work is to stop beating yourself up because that is its own kind of sin you know right and right. You, you can shape this in different ways like um but i think it's really interesting that the steps are about you and right. your realization and not necessarily the other person right i i i love this i absolutely right? love it I feel like, and uh, you know, I have to choose my words carefully, but like, sometimes I want to convert, you know, oh, totally. I, just, I, I feel I've like always it, felt like that. Yeah. There, there's like a, there's a rule book. Okay. In this situation, this mm -hmm. is what you do and mm -hmm. bah, bah, right. bah, you're done and move on. Like, I, right. you know, right. there's no yeah. amb ambiguity. There's, yeah. it's, it's very clear cut. Like I, right. it's, I, I love it. That's right. fantastic. Right, right, right. And it's, yeah, it's, and it's comforting because it's like, yeah, okay, right. I, yeah. I did a thing. Like, let's start I've done with the acceptance. Things. Right. I did a thing. I committed a sin. What am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to do these four steps. Doesn't feel good. Okay. I'm going to do it again. Okay. Right. Third time. Well, now I've, I've got to let it go. This is about me. You know? I love that. Um, I'm going to use that. I know. It's really, um, it's really beautiful. And, and I'm, I'm oversimplifying. It's much, it's, and there's different, like, if you commit a sin against a person, how do you confess? And if you, you know, there's all these things, but the reason I listed these steps is because I think this is about the letter writer's relationship with herself and her faith, right? Like her, her, her issue. And then the other thing that I think is really helpful is this idea that comes, I think from AA, which is about living amends. Do you know what this is? I know it's one of the steps, right? Or making amends is one of the steps. And making then, amends is one of the steps. Sometimes there's, um, you can't get to somebody you need to make an amend to for whatever reason. It could be that they've passed away. It could be that um, they don't want to talk to you anymore. And that's the, that's totally their choice. Um, and in that case, the advice is to make a living amends, which is like the idea that you say, okay, I've, I've, committed, like, let's say just to give us kind of a silly example, let's say you've stole, you stole money from someone for mm -hmm. booze. Um, and that person doesn't want that money back. They don't want to talk to you. Maybe they passed away. You can't, you can't make that amend with that direct person. Then you say, okay, I want to make a living amends. I want to carry this forward into the world. What do I do? And so you donate some money to an organization kind of with the intention in your heart that this is going to kind of wash away that particular thing. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the intention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the thing that's helpful about that is that you can do something without blowing up your life in this case. Right. Because I really just don't think that that's necessary. Well, you're blowing up other people's lives. Right. You're not going to do this again. You've learned the lesson. It does come from AA. I'm just looking that up. Um, so what can you do to kind of put a positive, let's say you've done something negative in the world and you want to put a positive in the world. What can you do? And continuing to suffer. Right. Is not helping. Right. It's just increasing right. pain, more pain. But no one can do it for you. You have to, you have to come to some agreement with yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Totally. This is clearly like a battle in her, in her soul. You know? Right. Right. 
And I think that's, that's the, that's the heart of it. It's not about there's this consequence that I have to deal with or, or whatever, you know? And I think like, we think we're going to feel better when we confess to the person, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think she's going to still stay in that shame, you know? Right. Right. I agree. Those are, those are good steps. I like that. Yeah. And the, the other idea behind a living amends is that you, you take in that new behavior as your life. Right. Right. So it's not enough to just like say, I'm sorry, but that you're going to like actually live a new lifestyle. Right. It's active. It's, it's not, you're not wallowing. It's your, it's movement. It's energy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it, and you can pivot. You can say, I'm going to commit to devote devotion to my family. And here right. are the three things that I'm going to do to show that devotion. Right. Think about how like expansive and generative that is instead of destructive. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Think of the ripple effect that will have versus exactly the, the opposite. Exactly. I feel like I butchered living amends. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. Other people talk about it much more eloquently than I, but I've always loved the idea. Well, it gives you, it gives you, you know, direction Mm -hmm. when you feel like there might not be any. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I I think it's good. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you've been suffering with this for this long. It's a long time. It's a long time. 14 years is a long time. And that creates stress in your nervous system, right? You're, you're, you're literally beating yourself up, even though you're not doing physical violence, your, your body is taking the message that you are not safe in the world. And so, and I don't mean that as like a damning thing. I just mean, you know, it's important to feel into the safety, right? You're not actually in danger of making this mistake again. Right. And so can you imprint that? Right. And ease some of the stress on your body. I I wish we could see our lives in the full story arc. You know, Walt Whitman says I contain multitudes. Like he's like, so I contradict myself. So what I contain multitudes, we contain multitudes. We are complex incredibly brilliant, beautiful, multidimensional beings. It's a miracle Yeah, that we can make wild mistakes is a miracle. Right. Can, can you see that as part of your complex story and take it as a, a deepening and a lesson instead of damnation? That's so simple. Right. You know, so oversimplified, I mean. But beautiful if you can. Well, no, I mean the over that. the oversimplification is like that you have to be bad for the rest of your life because oh, you made yeah, a yeah. mistake. Yeah, no, no, it is beautiful. It's yeah, it's stunning. You deserve to have like the light back in your eyes. Like you deserve to like yeah, yeah. you know, be present mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you need to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whatever that looks like, you need to forgive yourself. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's okay to make mistakes. We all do that. Oh my God. Big ones, little ones. Yep. You know, the, 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 the most expansive experience that I've had in my life is working with previously incarcerated folks Mm -hmm. um, who are working through pretty incredible, you know, processes of self-forgiveness. Yeah. And reckoning with themselves, with families. Um, if they can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Reckoning. It's a powerful yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I also think last thing, shame yeah. um, survives in silence. And so if you can find, I mean, you told us, which is great. I don't know if she said anything in there about telling anybody else. It sounds like no. I don't think so. No. If you can find some places to talk about this, right? Obviously confidential places, therapists, you know, things like that, um, that may be helpful for you as well, because you'll see that other people make these mistakes and they're not bad. And right. that um, there's, there's a lot more to life than the worst thing we've ever done. Right. And also, I'm sorry for the loss of your friend. That's, that's yeah. kind of buried in here as the, yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, sorry. One last thing. I said one last thing a second ago, but way in the beginning. <laughs> no, you're I cut off. To- done. <laughs> Talking. The, um, I wanted to bracket off like the not being in the moment. And I, I just want to like, this may sound obvious, but in, in the midst of that loss of your best friend, like the actual rupture might have been that it's now hard for you to be vulnerable and to love your family, knowing so much more deeply what you could lose. Yeah. And so it's possible that that you did this sort of as a protective measure in a way to distance yourself from the vulnerability of having a family and having love and like and and knowing now what how how senseless life can be and it could be that the shame is keeping you in that kind of defended place. Does that oh make sense? My God, yeah. What? We all like operate out of fear. We do. You know. Mm-hmm. That's what the next season needs to be fear. Fear. Okay. Mark, marking it down. Right. Absolutely. That's a, yeah. You just made a great point. It's crushing and humbling. And I, and listen, like, I don't know what to tell you to do about that. <laughs> like uh, fuck if I know. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's a hard one. Maybe just the knowing can change your relationship to the feeling, though. The understanding, right. Right, right. Yeah. That that was a terrible time and a, and a, and a terrible thing happened. Yeah. Your friend, losing your friend. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. how scary that is. Yeah. Yeah. And it changes everything forever. Like, it's not just that we have, I think we, again, this is another thing we have the wrong frame on because it's like, oh, well, we deal with the loss and then we grieve and then we're done. And it's like, no, it rewrites the meaning of the world right. and the way that you relate to every human being in your life forever. Right. And so maybe, maybe there's some, some stuff there that you can, that you can work on maybe facing that vulnerability and kind of facing it down is part of the, the answer. Yeah. Yeah. The key to just start starting to forgive yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Complex beings we are. Okay. Do you have a tiny little joy? Yeah. Mine's kind of silly. Um, but I guess that's the point. So I, um, I have to take the dog out in the morning to go to the bathroom and, um, I chosen to take these couple of moments that I'm outside in, you know, whatever the weather and whatever's happening, um, to just like stand Mm. and, um, you know, that yoga, like didn't really take for me, but there are a couple yeah. things that I got from it. And mm-hmm. I think of it, I think I'm doing mountain pose. It's my mm-hmm. interpretation of mountain pose, but it's just like, <laughs> you know, standing with yeah. your shoulders back and down and, mm-hmm. you know, your chest open and straight to the ground and mm-hmm. just having the awareness of that 
posture Mm -hmm. in that moment. And when Mm -hmm. it's sunny out, I turn and try and face the sun and look at it, you know, Mm -hmm. head on and just, I love that. It's such a little thing. And it's, it's literally, you know, probably not even a minute, Mm -hmm. but now when I go out there every morning, this is, I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do my mountain pose just, just to start the day. And it's, um, it's no more meaningful than, than that, but, um, I've started to look forward to it and I've started to use that time as, as an opportunity to practice that. Mm -hmm. And I find it. I love that. You do? Yeah. Cause I think that shows like how sometimes I think we, and here we're coming up on like January, the time of like change all your routines and be a better person. And, And I think we miss the fact that like, a, a less than a minute practice a day can literally change your life. Yeah. Like not, not an exaggerating like that, that standing, making a commitment to that and doing that as many mornings as you can, when you, you know, when you remember is it reshapes everything. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's really, it's just, it's strangely something I look forward to instead mm-hmm. of like, ah, I got to take the dog out and it's cold and blah, blah, you know, and I'm going to be yeah. hunched over and right. you know, it's yeah. like, nope, I'm going to stand tall. Yeah. And, you know, shoulders down and back and it just feels good. So Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great one. Thanks. Do you know what mine is going to be? Yes. (laughs) Lisa just sent me, (laughs) um, I think we've done this before. I think this has been- Because you sent it to me. Because I sent it to her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're such little old ladies that- um, the olive and June, um, box of nail polish and all the accessories. And it's like sitting on my desk and I look at it like all day. And I'm, I was telling her when, before we started that, like I put on, I picked one color, but I wanted to do every single color at once. Cause there's seven different colors in the box. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they're like wintry and Christmassy. And it's just like, it feels like a, like a huge joy to have that. So thank you. Oh, good. You're welcome. I'm glad you like it. Little things. It's the little things. It is little things. I loved it when you sent it to me, it kind of changed my whole like nail routine, (laughs) you know, and it started because you, I I don't know what the hell was going on, but you said, make a list of like five things that bring you joy. This was way before the podcast. Oh, funny. And one of the stupid things was like having my nails or painting my nails. Cause that, um, I think it's like we both did it with mom. I think it was just like a, a comforting ritual. And then yeah. you sent me the box and this kind of started yeah. this whole thing. So. Oh, funny. Right. Yeah. It's meditative. I also like, I'm obsessed recently. It's going to sound, sound so weird with like the way that we adorn ourselves. Yeah. Cause I think like go, we could rant about this, but like we, we, in, if you, if, if you could think about getting dressed and like the way you show up in the world as like, I'm going to adorn myself instead of, I need to make myself a certain thing so that I'm acceptable. What changes? Right. Like, right. What colors do you want to put on your nails? What colors do you want to put in your hair? What kinds of clothes feel tactilely good on your body? Like what, you know? Yeah. The idea of adornment instead of like, I have to put myself in this tiny box. Right. Right. To look like everyone on Instagram or to like, right. Right. To, fit to be a mold. acceptable. What right. if it was about expression instead of, yeah. About like creativity or like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why that word keeps coming up, but it does. Cause that's what we're doing. You know, we are, you put on earrings 
or glasses or clothes or whatever, even like the lotion and things you put on your body, like what? Yeah. Yeah. How can you make it like bring you joy? How can you make Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. How can you be more mindful of what you're? Yeah. How you're adorning yourself. Yeah. 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 Choice and expression and like, and, and, and joy instead of shame and hatred and, you know, I think about that with tattoos too. Anyway, this is a whole other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We rant, we rant. We should, we should do like a a side podcast. That's just a rant. Yeah. We'd be good at that. We would be. (laughs) (laughs) That's some people are listening are probably like that. Isn't that what this podcast is? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Rate, review, subscribe. And if you have a letter that you want us to talk about, if you have a topic, a story, whatever, email us at thetraumatapes at gmail.com or on, um, you can find us on Instagram. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Bye. Bye.